here are a couple of ways in which we can grow spiritually. So the first point is, um, or remember, we're still on step one, where we are talked about we're growing ourselves spiritually, and now these are the ways in which we can grow spiritually, right? So we need to grow in worship. So, yes, the worship in church is great, and we need to do that. But the worship that I'm specifically referring to here is the worship in terms of how our hearts are postured. Are we surrendered to God in how we live, in how we do things? Are we, is it just, it's about me? I'm, I, must, I feel this way, and the, today's culture is messing us up. If you feel it's right, then it's right. If you feel you must do it, you must do it. But is that what God is saying for us? Are we surrendering enough to, to listen and hear from him? Right? So let's look at even an example that was drawn in Daniel chapter 3, 4 to 5. I'll just read a bit of it. You could read the whole chapter. And this is where King Nebuchadnezzar is telling people, listen, you, you will all have to bow down and worship me. At this certain time, you will hear whatever instrument that is played. You stop what you're doing, bow down and worship. And we hear that three, rather we read that three of the Jews, who is um, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who refused to obey to this decree. And this just shows that their hearts were just postured towards God. They were totally surrendered to God. And the, the penalty was that you'd be thrown into the furnace. Right? That's very scary. But the fact that they were that committed and said, listen, we're just going to burn. We can't. Is that how we are posturing our hearts towards God? Because that's true worship. Uh, is our life a reflection that we do believe in Jesus Christ as our Lord and our Savior? No? We need to be more inclined to pleasing um, God more than our flesh and man. And this means, uncomfortable as it is, growth is uncomfortable. Trust me, I know firsthand. <laughs> but we need to be willing to be uncomfortable to grow. That means dropping off some of the things that we've carried year in, year out. Because those things are holding us back. And so let's grow in worship, right? And so we come to the second point, and that's growing in fellowship. And I'll, I'll read from Hebrews 10.25. And it says, Let us not give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but let us ignore one another, encourage one another, sorry. <laughs> and in all more, <laughs> as you see the day approaching. <laughs> so we're encouraged to fellowship. This is good. Um, and it's great. But it's not enough to come to church every Sunday and tick the box like, yep, I fellowship. Are we connecting with like-minded people? And this is where Connect comes in. The smaller groups that are formulated for us to get to know each other and know what we're all pursuing. Are we pursuing after God? Are we all hungry and thirsty to, 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 to have Jesus Christ grow us? Right? And so when we fellowship in such a way where we, we break down into small groups, we're easily going to identify people who are pursuing what we want and what we are chasing after, right? And so, even as we fellowship with people that way, they, have the, they can easily say, listen, I think you're going astray. I don't think this decision is sound. 
They keep us accountable. They'll keep us on track. And that's how we grow. Because if we're just surrounded with the people who tickle our ears and say, oh, wow, yes, you're great, everything is good. Those are the lies we like to hear. But sometimes we just need the tough truths. Like somebody say, listen, this path you're on, you're heading for destruction. We need those people around. And we need to fellowship with people who are like that. But we won't find those people if all you do is come to church Sunday and we're out of the door. It's, mo it's most unlikely. So let's be encouraged to just fellowship with other like-minded Christians. Even as the Bible in Proverbs 27 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Identify the people who, and you can see the fruit. There are certain people you come into contact and you're like, okay, there's something here. Obviously, we will ask God for his discernment and wisdom, but we can come close into contact and, you know, just be with people who will sharpen us as well, right? And then the last point of how we can grow spiritually. This is not limited to just the three points I have, but this is just what I have for today. So grow in discipleship. Discipleship sounds like what Jesus did with the disciples and it ended there. But no, even when we read in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, the Bible reads, Therefore, go and make disciples of nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teach them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely... I am with you always to the very end of the age. And so this is a principle in Christianity. When Jesus came, he didn't do the work alone. He recognized 12 other people who today we refer to as the 12 disciples. He knew he had to deposit in them. And in, he knew at an appointed time he would ascend back to heaven. Should the work die? No. They carried it on because he had deposited enough in them. And so let's be attentive to who we have around us, as I had alluded to in the fellowship point. We could identify mature Christians, people who have visible fruit in their lives, and with God's guidance of people who can disciple us. And this is where we just have to be. Drop, we need to drop the act of saying things are okay. We know the areas where things are not okay. And we can see other people who are doing better in those areas. And we can say, listen, I need your help in this area. Disciple me. That's how we can grow, right? And so after we've applied all of these points to grow spiritually, we will reach a point where we're also now mature Christians, right? Remember, we're talking about a continuity to the generations, and it just doesn't die with us. Now, this is where we go out as well. And this is where we go out and help others grow. Because we've, we've reached that point where we're mature Christians as well. Of course, not perfect, but obviously not where we started. We bring others along the journey. And this is the issue of legacy. Because most of the times we talk about legacy in terms of financial wealth, the legacy that I'll leave for my children in terms of wealth, but what about the spiritual? What about the spiritual aspect that needs to be so deeply engraved, especially in the younger people 
the ones coming before, behind us. Because we're living in a world. So if we are not depositing in the younger ones, the world is doing it. So we need to choose. What do we want our children to carry on? Are we just going to make sure they have enough money to do what they need to do, but no spiritual depositing or stance in which they can stand the storms, they can know, overcome things because they have been spiritually filled, right? And so, even as we had read in Matthew 28, 19 to 20, where Jesus is encouraging us to go out and make disciples, right? This is what should be on our hearts and our minds. That we are not just here to sit in church, listen to the word, grow and be like, yep, I'm saved. I'm just waiting for, for, for Jesus now. Or, you know, but it should be on our minds to see who, we, who can we deposit into. Because there are times we'll see people going in the wrong direction. We know it. And we've seen these things because maybe we've even experienced it. But we're just not bothered to say, listen, you're not going in the, in the right direction. We're, not, we're, we're more comfortable with like, speaking about them to someone else. You know, we say, did you see what this one did? Do you, yeah, you know, and that's not really helpful because we've seen somebody heading for destruction and we are equipped and empowered to go and help others. We are not saved to sit down and say, thank you. Uh, yes, now I'm just waiting for to return. But we are saved to be, to go and serve others. Turn to someone and tell them that. You are saved to go and serve someone. And that's, that's how the kingdom of God continues on. And that's the structure that God intended. As I had earlier alluded, um, the truth of the matter is we are we're not immortal. We're mortal beings, which means one day we will not be here. But does the church die with us? No. It should continue. And the only way it continues is with us bringing more people on board, growing more people, because those people will go on and grow other people. And then the will of God is being performed and being met, right? So just for instance, imagine if the apostles had walked with Jesus Christ, and as soon as he ascended into heaven, they were like, yep, it was good, I'm saved heaven guaranteed, and sat down and packed their bags. The church wouldn't be what we know it for, for what it is today, right? Bringing it just a, a little closer to home. If Pastor Jared sat in the service, received Jesus as his Lord and personal Savior, and said, oh, yes, this is it. Guys, we would not have Global Heart Perth, not have Global Heart Hamburg, no Global Heart Melbourne, no Global Heart Montreal, and no Global Heart Lusaka. This is the impact that we all carry. And sometimes we overlook it and think, nah, I'm good. Let somebody else do it. Why not you? Why not us? Right? So we really need to do away with this mindset of thinking there is a few specific chosen. That's not it. If we clearly and 
if we go back and study the disciples that Jesus taught, they were the least qualified. They were not living lives that today would be like, yeah, this is who I want to follow. No. There were people who were lost, just like where you and I started. But he deposited, he deposited into them to the point that when he went, they went out and did great miracles. They went on and did great exploits. And so let's have that heart, Global Heart Church, Lusaka. And so as I come to a close, <laughs> I know this is a, a very short sermon, but... <laughs> <laughs> we'll keep on adding as we go, right? So, in conclusion, we need to start asking ourselves these very hard questions. Am I growing spiritually? We know the answers, and we don't need anyone to come and say that. We probably feel it. And if not, why? What is standing in your way of growing spiritually? Those are the things we need to identify for ourselves. Am I helping someone grow spiritually? Because also there, we need to be filling up others so that they can then go out. Remember, we are equipped, we are edified to go out and win souls and bring others along this walk. And so I pose a challenge unto each and every one of us in the beginning of this year, leave a spiritual legacy that will precede you beyond your as Pastor Liam had earlier mentioned, I truly believe my beliefs and where I am is because my mother poured into me. Because I, I can still testify to this day that I look at her and I say, I want to be like that. I want to attain, attain that relationship with, with Christ. Let's be that for our children, parents. The brother, whoever you are, whichever people you're in contact with, be that person that when people look at, they'll be like, surely I can be like that. They, it is possible to be like that, to, to have this relationship with Jesus Christ and to walk with him.